Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Just like that, final hour is, or excuse me, the second hour is here. Final hour is on deck. Chad, sorry, I sped up that way too much. It's okay. Wednesday edition. Wednesday you know, these, edition. These shows, Hutton, you know, uh, lately have felt like two-hour shows, so I can understand why you thought this the final hour. Yes. They've been flying by. Our crew's doing an outstanding job. Matty Ice over here getting it done. Sending you He's, info in that first segment about Mariota's surgery that was prompt and that week. we needed. He's scheduled for surgery next That's week. That's the big on talk the, right now in our YouTube the, chat. On the chronic knee. So the YouTube chat is all, you know, hey, it's fake injury, fake. This happens all the time. And I'm thinking, well, and I'm putting in there, well, you don't, do you have a fake surgery? That seems like a real long con for Marcus Mariota to have a fake surgery. Yeah, you don't have a fake surgery. You could go get your knee scope um, for no reason, I guess, right? If I mean, you really there, wanted so, to fake a surgery, a fake an injury? There have been, I mean, let's use Taylor Lewan as the example. Lewan was not confident in his surgery coming back from his first ACL injury. I mean, that's no secret. And, you know, it, at some point, you've got to determine from the team doctors if you want that player to have a knee scope or just have it cleaned up to make sure that the it, it's healing properly. But you also want to have your player ready to go and if your team doctors are saying one thing but the player's feeling you know he's just not feeling right he can get a second opinion and that's ultimately what ended up happening with him uh this with the second go around where he had a second opinion out in LA and he ends up on injured reserve it, it was uh and I'm not saying he was doing anything nefarious like that either but we I mean he's not the first or the last that you have a surgery the team clears and you're like man this just still doesn't feel right I need to make sure that for my financial future, I'm going to get this done. The difference with Mariotti is, uh, for where he is in his career, you really don't want to go in an offseason having knee surgery because you've got to, you're trying to land on a roster before the draft. He's already on the, the, the Falcons, but I'm saying like if it's true that they're done with him because he's trying to go to IR and this is... This is not the best career move. What we heard yesterday is the factual account it's, I mean, it's also factual. He did have a child, uh, their first child. We had photographic um, evidence of it earlier. Yeah, he it's has just a strange story. A child. Um, I think both things are true here, and he just he doesn't feel right with his knee. He was also continuing to play with it, right? So, yeah, I mean, so he may be done, maybe not, but either way, it doesn't sound like he's the he's the guy in Atlanta moving forward this year or. Quite frankly, next year, based on comments saying that the move was made with Ritter, not just right now, but evaluating for the future. This is big for them because they're going to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback this offseason. If it's not Ritter, then who? And it doesn't sound like they're running it back with Mario. Arthur Smith can't afford to do that. It's time to start stacking wins for a team in year three that's just starting to turn the corner on getting through the financial issues they've had with the cap that he inherited. Now it's time to actually start drafting well the, the more affordable players 
and winning more games instead of just knocking on the door of the postseason. And I'm not sure how great of a snapshot you can get in these last three games, four games of the season for the Falcons, for Desmond Ritter. Well, uh, You get one, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking about making a final determination because you're right, Hutton, without Mariota moving forward, you knew this even with him, right. you still have to make a decision on where you're going at quarterback. Art Smith is an offensive guy. He knows that better than anyone else. Whatever happens these four weeks, can you really make a final determination? You can make a better one, a better decision, based on these well, four I games, think, but I, I, I don't know that you can do that. You can determine what level of veteran you're going to go out and get, right? Yeah. That, I think that's more or less the like, – are you getting someone to compete with him? Are you getting someone to start over him? I think that's the difference in what you can figure out or the confidence level you can have. Chad, I'm surprised that Jalen Hyatt opted out of the game. and he, I'm not, Maybe I'm not surprised he's turning pro – uh, I kind of am, though, based on things that invite the vibe of, around the Tennessee program. But one of the the top wide receivers, the the award winner for the top wide receiver in college football, one of the top wide receivers that'll be drafted, maybe bottom of the first round, maybe early second round. Right now is Jalen Hyde. If he's turning pro, he's not risking injury. But he also signed that NIL deal with Hyatt Hotels for the Orange Bowl, where all the families of the players are staying at Hyatt Hotels on the house. On Hyatt. The strange part of this whole story is Jalen Hyatt signing the deal with Hyatt Hotels and then promptly opting out of the Orange Bowl a week later. Not that he's going pro. That doesn't shock me, especially if the projections are true that he's late first round. Possibility. Possibly better. Yeah, because, look, all he's going to do is come back and put up monster numbers again. I don't know that he would greatly improve his draft stock unless he got quite a bit bigger in the offseason and then still went out and showed the but same it's, it's speed and that. put up the as, same numbers? As you talked about earlier this week, it wouldn't be about that. It would be about can you get the same can you get the same type of money in NIL, NIL now that you could get in a second round if you're giving that advice. Well, people went nuts over this on Twitter when I post that. saying, there's no way a first-round pick, you're making this much guaranteed and all this. Understand that I'm not talking about apples to apples. It's not going to be the exact same amount. And I'm really comparing it to a signing bonus. Could you get somewhere approaching a signing bonus for the last pick of the first round well, through a college NIL? It would be steep for the NIL, uh, the, the collective, no doubt about it. But yeah. you could make – my point was you can make over a million dollars to play college football but through even an NIL better, if you come back for one year. Oh, yeah. But even better is the, the signing bonus for the second-round picks that you used from last yeah. year. You're comparing Christian Watson, for instance. Yeah, and I understand like, you're starting your clock in the NFL. That's better. I, I get all of that. I, I'm just saying if you are comfortable playing college football and enjoy it, yeah. you can make seven figures mm-hmm. to go into another season and play again and put up big numbers – if you're comfortable doing that. I know why you would go pro, and I understand Jalen Hyatt's decision to go pro. I just thought the timing of the announcement with Hyatt Hotels, the Orange Bowl, families you. being paid you know, to go, and they get to stay at a Hyatt Hotel for the Orange Bowl and all of that, putting all that in with a week later, now I'm going to opt out of the game. I thought the timing was off. I totally understand why he's doing it. And for his sake, I hope he's a first-round pick because there's no guarantee with that. I mean, he, he could drop to the end of the second round, and that's a huge drop-off and a big difference in signing bonus. So hopefully his advisors are advising him well, and his agent is advising him well, and they know, hey, this is a guy who's going to be a late first-round pick. It's a remarkable story because he was an underachiever for the first yep. few years at Tennessee, 
he admittedly was not in with Josh Heupel. He was recruited by Jeremy Pruitt. He didn't like him. He wasn't into the system. He dogged it a year ago. He didn't get a lot of playing time, had a few touchdowns over the course of the season, and he decided this offseason, I'm bought in. I'm going to make this happen. He gets off to a good start, but Cedric Tillman goes down. He becomes the guy, and he's in a Tennessee folk hero because he's the guy who caught five touchdowns to end the streak against Alabama and beat them. He's the guy that's puffing smoke from a cigar next to Peyton Manning in the locker room after the game in that legendary photo that will live forever. So he made the most of a one-year rise at Tennessee in college football as much as anyone I've seen. So kudos to him. Can I give you a scenario just real quick? I love scenarios. Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt are are opted out. They've opted out of this game. Mm -hmm. If Hendon Hooker Mm -hmm. is, if he's healthy, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh Uh-huh. Is he opting out? Yes. I, I think no. In, in, uh, sorry, in in the bowl game, is he the, is he opting bowl, for the draft? Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Of um, course, but is he playing in the Orange Bowl with the starters opting out? I don't think Do, Hendon Hooker would opt out. Okay. I think he's a different it, different cat not, when it comes it, to that, and it's different for quarterback. And this is that. not me. People taking that I'm I'm. I made the joke about you know Will Levis just went up in the draft with his <laughs> leadership qualities being shown by opting out. Of the Music City Bowl. Right. That that's a joke about people loving Will Levis as the number one overall pick. I don't blame Will Levis for not wanting to play in the Music City Bowl if he's a first round pick. Let me let me be very right. clear with that. This is no joke right now. I'm fine with that happening. But I'll also say I don't think Hendon Hooker, after this season, would opt out of any bowl game. I just don't think he's that type of player to do that. Not to say that everybody that, that does opt out is wrong. Uh None of that, but he's not that type of guy. And I will be the first to raise my hand and say, I give you full credit if you're a player that opts in to playing in a bowl game. I gave Matt Corral full marks a year ago. I understand why some don't. Not going to stop me from giving you credit for sticking with your team and playing in the game. And I'll always do that. I think it's a really cool sacrifice and show of support for teammates to not opt out of the game. Yeah, It's your business decision to not do it. I get it. Not going to crush you for doing that, but I am going to give you credit if you play. Chad, um, we're going to discredit a couple of teams across the NFL. Um, I'm looking at the uh, week 14 as we do our elimination picks across the National Football League. I eliminated the Rams way too late in my process here last week. Uh, My last couple, Steelers, Jags, Cardinals, Rams, uh, all of a sudden we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, on a run, on a heater, as they head to Dallas, they're taking on the Dallas Cowboys uh, this coming week. Um, I'm adding the Cleveland Browns to this list this week. The Cleveland Browns, with Deshaun Watson, tried to stay in the mix coming back and after week 12, after a 12-game suspension. And what they can't do is run the football. They haven't been able with, at one point, halfway through the season, Nick Chubb was being discussed, and I was doing it weekly at, at OutKick, you would see Nick Chubb's name for Offensive Player of the Year within the consideration list. And they they have not been able to have the two-headed monster go with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And ultimately, that's the issue more so than, oh, the sluggish quarterback play. They got through and won some games over the last couple of seasons with Nick Chubb. And he started the season strong. And then there has been a considerable drop-off in the rushing attack for Cleveland. I've added them to my list, and now I have two teams available for postseason consideration. I think they're both getting in out of the North. 
the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Out of the uh, AFC East, I still have the Bills, uh, Patriots, and Dolphins alive. And we know one team's getting in from the AFC South. Uh, AFC West, it's right now the the uh, Chiefs, but also the Chargers are the eighth seed. We'll take a look at them in a moment. They host the Tennessee Titans this Sunday with a chance to be the last seed, the last team in at seed number seven. Uh, there's some bad teams, but the AFC playoff race is going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad it's not including the Cleveland Browns this year. They've been a complete non-story, even when Watson came back. Not a chirp about them with that. And I think it's because they couldn't get to 500 and Watson couldn't come in and pr provide that magic that he was doing in Houston, even on a four-win team. I'm going to stick with the North Hutton. And speaking of the North, the Northman. I watched this film recently. Okay. Highly recommend. Um, Nicole Kidman, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, I believe, is the the son, the the Norseman in it. You just you talking about Vikings, and then um, you know the the North made me think of that. But I, for all of our audience, the Northman, the Northman, I enjoyed the action adventure epic of uh, in a Viking story, and not enough Viking stories out there. You eliminate the Vikings? I'm not eliminating the Vikings, Hutton, but I am going to go to the NFC North. Vikings still alive. Saints I eliminated last week. I feel like every week we go through this process, yes. there's always one team I'm shocked that I've yet to eliminate. <laughs> and last week it was the Saints. The week before that it was the Rams and Cardinals. Then we did two in one week. Both of them I was shocked to see there. Yep. And the Jags the week before that. This week's shocking revelation that I've not yet eliminated but will do so right now, the Green Bay Packers. Five and eight on the season. 10 seed right now. They are not going to the playoffs. This is not going to happen. Um, this is, I believe, the Vikings are going to be in, and the Lions are the team now on the rise, started 1-6. and six. Now they're 6-7. and seven. They're the ones battling for that playoff spot in the NFC North. You went the AFC North. I'm going NFC North. This is a rudderless ship right now with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has the broken thumb. There's issues all around. I don't think that that team is particularly stoked to be playing for Aaron Rodgers right now, quite frankly. I think he's got one foot out the door. This is a team that's not going anywhere. Eliminate NFL, the Packers. NFL playoff picture. Right now in the AFC, the Dolphins and Patriots are the last two teams in. And as the sixth seed for the Miami Dolphins and the seventh seed Patriots. And the playoff picture, first round bye goes to the Buffalo Bills at 10 and 3. If the season, if we're headed to the wild card weekend today, we would see the Patriots on the road in Kansas City, Dolphins on the road in Baltimore, and the Bengals would be on the road here in Nashville to take on the seven and six Titans who are in a free fall right now. Uh, right behind him on the bubble. You've got the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, they will host the Titans, followed by the Jets, and then Jacksonville at 5-8. and eight. Again, the record's not great for Jacksonville, but they're chasing the Titans who are just trying to win a game. And in, if you start looking ahead and you're trying to come up with reasons, while they do have the Texans still on the schedule and they, they've got the Chargers here who are very up and down, it is a, it is a really difficult situation that Vrabel is trying to manage with the roster with the injuries and now with more discussion about the offseason but Chad the Chargers they are having an opportunity by beating Miami and now hosting Tennessee to get back-to-back -back AFC wins and that will be helpful as they chase that seven seed in the NFC 
with the matchups currently, the Vikings uh, would be the uh, two seed because the Eagles, of course, are going to lock things up. They're the first team to clinch a playoff berth. Eagles right now, 12-1, and one, of course, number one in the NFC East. The Vikings would host the New York Giants. Yes, the Giants remain in the playoffs currently at 7-5-1 and one despite their recent play. The Commanders are the sixth seed. Again, Giants-Commanders play this week. Commanders on the road in San Francisco. Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers hosting the Washington Commanders. And the Dallas Cowboys would be visiting the Buccaneers, a rematch from week one. Seahawks, first team out. Seahawks, 49ers. That's tomorrow's Thursday night football matchup. Costly loss and, against Carolina for yeah, Seattle. And this the week. Detroit Lions, Chad, the nine seed, uh, six and seven, second in the NFC North Carolina. I'd go ahead and start buying some playoff tickets if I were the Whoa. Lions. It's, good, it's as good as done. That good team is done. on the rise, and they're, 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 they're going to go from 10 seed to being the last team in. Quick observation on the AFC side. Yeah. The Chiefs have a pair of three-point wins over the Chargers. Uh, I am rooting like heck for the Patriots to be the seven seed. I think the Chiefs are pretty secure in that two spot. Yes. They're going to host the seven seed. I would much rather play the Patriots and the Chargers. If I have oh, a rooting interest Kansas for City. the Chiefs, I do not want to see the Chargers a third time. My point is that Patriots-Chiefs matchup, yeah. to me, much more favorable for the Chiefs than a Chiefs-Chargers no round three beating them again after a pair of field goal wins and, for the Chiefs in the first the two. the Chargers are getting... Healthy. You know, they've got Mike Williams back, who scored last week. You have uh, Keenan Allen back, and you have Herbert, who's dealing through 51 passes last week on Sunday night against the Dolphins. Is it almost time for the gun show? Yeah, gun show time. Coming up in about an hour, we will uh, chat with, uh, with Clay Travis, who joins us each and every Wednesday. He'll be on with us at uh, 520 Eastern time. But when we come back, gun show. Mike Gunzelman, outkick. Joins us in studio here at 6th and Peabody for Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Matty Ice making things happen for us with Davey Hudson out. Your, your, your thoughts, Chad, on uh, Matty Ice's performance so far? He's as cool as ice so, so far. So far. Uh, I was expecting a, the frazzled Matt running around the studio doing crazy things, raising my blood pressure because he's going to be real worked up, trying to fight staff outside. Yep. Just a real frantic mess. That's apparently, that's apparently got, happened before. When we got with Matty today, he's just cool, calm, collected. Getting it done. Good job, Matt. Well, uh, hey, you're, you're blowing my mind right now. Better with name. With your solid performance. Better name, Matty Ice or Guns? Guns. Because it also played, well, I guess, you know, Matty Ice does play into his actual name too, but I like when yes, you can does. shorten the last name with a really cool nickname, the way Guns yeah. does it. Appreciate that. Mike Guns has been with us uh, on Outkick 360. Uh, Guns, good to see you, man. How are things? Things are going great. Although I must, uh, you know, it is my first appearance here, so I should yes. be coming in with any demands. But I feel like, you know, um, 
Hotel California. Where's the Guns N' Roses, like, Paradise City for me to come on, right? Can we do that maybe for the future if I'm allowed back? Well, Guns N' Roses, rock and roll? But let, well, maybe we, let's play them out later. Uh, yeah, the, I, think, I think Colin, uh, our, our audio producer, can certainly find something that's... Something, uh, they've got a couple songs, right? A little bit more Axl Rose than, uh, <laughs> than, than what we just heard there. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, check out uh, Guns at Outkick.com. Um, I'm... Let me open by saying this. The yeah. last time I saw you, I was on a Zoom chat or something with you. We were filming a show for our Fantasy Football League at OutKick. Yeah. Is there anything more disappointing than how this Fantasy Football League has not, <laughs> not done anything uh, in the, the past four months based on um, the, the non-participation of Clay Travis? I, I mean, it's. I'm glad that you brought that up, so he can be mad at you first. So that I'm, way, I'm just agreeing with you. It's like, hey, don't he go. He will with me. also yeah. agree with me. We yeah. can say, hey, Mike, this is a safe space. You're in yeah. the trust tree right <laughs> now with the West Circle of Trust. With yeah. Yeah. You, you can say anything I, you want about Clay Travis there was, in these three hours in this studio, <laughs> yes. and it will not come back negatively on you at all. We've done it many times on this show. I, I feel mean, like people get a little bit nervous when we start talking bad about Clay, and we're like, no, guys, it's cool. I promise. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Clay's lack of I mean participation um, as participation, ruined, yes. but also like the big time nature of oh I'm not going to do that if I finish last. Listen, I mean, yeah. come on, man. Listen, I I we'll bring this up, up to Clay when he joins us as less punishment than as Harry Styles on behalf of the league to make sure to make sure that there would be weekly punishment and then we follow through. I went detailed like. I, I was with uh, uh, Davey, and he was like, just do it at the at the Goodwill. We don't have to do it at Walmart. I'm like, no, no, no. The rule says... The rule was, yeah. The, yeah. the girl from wherever, Little Rock or wherever it was, uh, Tuscaloosa, said she wanted this done at a Walmart. So we went to Walmart did this. Man of the people, you did uh, it. You it answered the, the challenge on like Clay Travis. The following week, I believe it was Clay. Yeah. And I, I have well, no Well, I think idea. Clay lost like four weeks in a row, and everybody yeah. else had to do his challenges uh, and, <laughs> because yeah. he never was do, uh, able to do it. Eventually, I feel like the league has just kind of slowed Holy oh, it's, and of course, it's all Clay's fault, though. By Chad, Chad's team is very good, and of course, this is the year that nobody cares. Chad's team is great, <laughs> and no <laughs> one's giving one Very good is very, very nice of you, Hutton. I don't, I don't know my team. I, it's okay. I'm above 500 in the oh, league. Wait, last time I looked, you were like six and one or something. Oh, I'm like eight and five now. That's or something the winning. Like that. In fantasy, yeah. especially this season where yeah. everything's been going on, you week by week, you don't know what's happening. You know, Tom Brady could be on one week, he's off one week. Aaron Rodgers is a disaster. You have no idea what's happening week by week in the end. Of Josh Allen, think he's going to ball out, and the next thing you know, it's <laughs> it's tied at halftime with the New York Jets, and I'm freaking out about my bets. So it's been a, a disaster this year as far as fantasy football goes. I can guarantee you one thing: if the league was Clay's idea, he'd be all about it. <laughs> but because it's not, he's not all about it. Uh, whose idea was it to allow Steve Cohen as an owner of Major League Baseball guns? Because we've seen this before with guys who have a lot of money that own teams. You can really reset and change the market at times. And it certainly seems that's what the Mets are attempting to do. I got into uh, – there's nothing better, I'm sure you – And you're a New York guy, so I'm you from see New this York, firsthand. Diehard Yankee fan, so I understand it. Obviously, with Steinbrenner throughout the years, and you know we buy championships, although the Yankees <laughs> didn't win from 2000 to 2009. We didn't win. We had the highest payroll, and then we haven't won since 2009, and we've had quite the high payroll. So we didn't buy championships in the last two decades. <laughs> so don't give me that, all right? Yeah. Can you tell me, Yankee fan? Um, but I got into a uh, – you know, we always love the – You'd twi- love to be accused of uh, buying championships again. Yeah, <laughs> that's 2009 – that now yeah let's let's buy some more i'd love to see that was like the housing crisis <laughs> like right. that is so like long what, time like, ago i don't even know what was happening back then but um i got into twitter battle with this last night because i think 
you know, uh, Carlos Correa is on the market, and there were rumors that the Mets were going to also buy him as well as everybody else. Now, uh, he ended up going to the San Francisco Giants for 13 years, $350 million, which is not so much the money aspect, but the 13 years is kind of absurd for Carlos Correa because who knows if he's even going to be around like in seven or eight years from now. But having said all that, what we're seeing right now, and I got like, and I really delved into this, and I'm going to do a big piece on OutKick, so definitely check it out at OutKick.com, of course, is... I do not think this is sustainable. Now, Steve Cohen, you're a billionaire. Congratulations. He essentially bought the Mets. He's been a lifelong fan as his toy. You know, he, he's so <laughs> right. rich. He's like, oh, I'm just going to own this. It's like one of those he movies. Just put that, it up on his bookshelf. Yeah, like, Here's the like, Mets ownership. I'll put it up here. Yeah. And so, and so he does not care. And from, I, I, of course, Mets fans are like, hey, whatever. So, but I need people to look at this from like a realistic standpoint. I understand when you're dealing with fandom and sports, a lot of people don't do that. But take a step outside. You had 20, so 26 of the 30 Major League Baseball owners approved Steve Cohen. Now, they, he only needed 22. So you think that they could have at least gotten just barely over. 26. Well, guess what? He has this year $350 million on the books. His luxury tax, fellas is $80 million. He's spending $80 million. That's more than the entire the entire payroll of seven teams. <laughs> so why would you ever approve of this guy? You just, like, you suicide yourself. You self-destructed. You, you're a fan. Now, I don't care. I have no, listen, owners have tons of money. I'm not, woe is me for an owner. Like, no, I, I'm not on the owner side here. I'm on the fan side here. If you're an Oriole, Rays, Royals fan, you got you, an Oriole right here, by the way. You're a Baltimore Orioles like, fan. Like, where, where's your motivation? Like, what is your um, thought? What is your thought? I mean, you're done. There's guts. no point in playing. It, let me, let me give it's you. It's tough to be an Orioles fan. Let me tell days. you what I did. Um, I was not really into Major League Baseball uh, from college on. I was a massive Braves fan growing up, and then I just I stopped watching um, right after the Bonds stretch, and I. Chad and I and Paul, we were doing uh, a bit where it was Yankees, Braves, they're going back and forth, and I didn't have a team. So I wrote a letter to all of the Major League Baseball teams, not Yankees or Braves, and I said, hey, I'm a free agent fan, and uh, legitimately, like, I, I, I it was host a terrific a show. bit. I host a show, um, and very detailed letter. Yeah. We will, uh, we, I will, I will go all in with the team that I select 100%, die hard. And, Basically, why should I be why, a fan yeah. of your yeah. team? Yeah. Recruit me. me over. Yeah. Recruit yeah. me because yeah. I'm with. I'm, I'm in Braves country. You can here recruit in this media member with a show to be on your side. Yeah, so why? and, and I, I'm also sitting next to a Yankees fan, and I, you know, let's go. Yeah. So seven teams responded to me, and I whittled it down to a final three, and it ended up being the Diamondbacks, the Rays, and the Orioles that overwhelmingly did more than anyone. Well, teams you would expect to be active in this, right? The teams that have the smallest fan <laughs> bases probably yeah. and that are uh, losing like, the most. We can get one I'll more. Be, they were the most up. active. The yeah. team I really wanted was Seattle, but they didn't respond because of the Griffey era with Buner and yeah. Martinez and they Cora. Didn't need, they didn't really uh, need you. Yeah. They, they, right. They were good, um, yeah. But the, the, the Orioles, like, above and beyond Chad, Content, oh. like the, and this was with I have ch- Orioles gear hey. because <laughs> of this relationship. This like, this just gives me the extra like, free stuff. It's like a hope, just checking in, hope everything's all right. And there's like a, pa- a memorabilia but merch package. This is uh, guns. Yeah. The, the Orioles became my American League team because of how well they've you treated Jonathan Hutton. You couldn't escape them. You now, cannot escape no, the I'm Orioles. Like, I'm always checking the Orioles score now to see what happens. <laughs> also, keep in mind, like they had this was Crush Davis when he was good. Mancini was like a rookie. 
Yeah. And uh, came, just just called up. And then uh, you had Machado, who's just raking. And they trade everyone away literally the next year. And, you know, that, that, like to this day, we still can cash in on that trip to Camden Yards if we want to. They offered that too with yeah, the show and everything. You'll, be, you'll, you'll be the only you, ones there this year. You can, yeah, yeah. You can go to a Wednesday. Yeah. I want to yeah. go to a Wednesday getaway day like game, like a one o'clock game where <laughs> yeah. there's about fourteen trip. people there. Like a field trip. And then the the person that communicates to Hutton just says, "Hey, come on down, get in the dugout. Let's go. You can <laughs> sit here. Pitch. Do you want to do you want to make the next pitching substitution for the game because there's no one else? And then here. the rumors that they're going to move to Nashville, game. you know, but, yeah. which isn't happening, but that that would have been amazing. So that's why I'm an Orioles fan. It's um. You know, I just don't think it's, it's sustainable. And, and I look further into this, and the next CBA is three and a half years away, 2026. And I'm going on the record, and I have this piece coming out. I truly believe there's going to be another strike because there's no, because I understand that it, it, there's going to be such a differential between these low paying teams and the higher ones that I, I don't see how it's going to be able to work out when there's such a disparity and why they were overwhelmingly in favor of a Cohen. You're just setting yourself up for failure. And it's different because people are like, oh, well, what about Moneyball? I, Moneyball doesn't work in 2022. Now, everything's more analytic-based, but everybody's using analytics. But, you know, the Astros were the best analytical team. They ended up winning it, but they also had a hell of a payroll, obviously, and, yeah. and, and a staff as well. It's not – you can't do that in 2022. And the, in, in addition to that, as we're seeing all across the, uh, the sports landscape, all the major sports – but, you know, we're going from, like, the NBA model where it's like as long as you have one good star in your team, that's what matters. That needs to happen. That is now happening in this social media-driven age where we live on highlights. And in baseball, if you're an owner, you need as many of those players as you can, and you're just getting squeezed out. When they're dropping $80 million in a luxury tax, you're down for the count in the beginning. And I, that's why it's three years away. And it, reminded, it reminds me of what's happening right now. We see this more and more with this kind of, like, TikTok-driven immediacy society that we live in, where we want that, you know, nobody's looking forward to the future. It's like, what can we do right now? I Like, right now, this is good for them. Like, great. But, you know, for the owners, essentially, or like for at least Cohen in baseball, a couple of years down the line, when it's all falling apart, they're not looking there. It's like, it's like how many times do we, does like Congress... They're like, oh, well, we got through this government shutdown, but we're not going to do anything about it, but we're still going to shut down yeah. in a year from now. Nobody looks forward, but and then they wonder, well, what happened? Why did everything fall apart? It's like, here we are telling you what's going to happen. And Chad, what he say, like with the social media age, how many of the stars do we actually know? Yeah, well, you know that's the other issue. And, yeah. and look, I, I um I, I can't wait to read this piece at uh, at outkick.com yeah. because I, I often think about you know those seven teams you're talking about you combine for the payroll the Mets like it's just a hopeless feeling if you're one of those if you're yeah. a Pittsburgh Pirates fan I mean what's the point right <laughs> yeah. I mean you're right. never going to be we have Michael McHenry on who does their games and I want to ask him what's the point <laughs> I mean you're going out there to the slaughter and I do believe Moneyball can only get you so far you're not going to win yeah. championships with money day. you can be competitive for four months of the year you know you can get the final playoff spot occasionally but Moneyball can only get you so far. Payroll is going to take it the next the next yeah. level. Guns, you've also got a story up at Outkick right now that I've got to ask you about. And I, I do want to say this as a parent, um, earmuffs, if, if you can, right now, as I read this headline. Greatest movie ever. Not as a parent. Chad's a parent. He's saying, like, if you're a parent currently watching parent, or listening. Parent, yeah, with a kid in the car, yeah, yeah. if you're listening on radio, earmuffs. if you're watching, you know, at home, <laughs> on your smart yeah. TV and you want to earmuffs your kids right now, I'm giving you fair warning for this headline. 
Gen Z parents want to get rid of Santa Claus because it's, quote, traumatizing to find out he's not real. Uh, I read this headline from you guns, and I thought, is this a real story? But apparently this is a thing. This is an absolute thing. Now, I think it's it's terrible of these parents to do this to a a real human being like Santa Claus. Like, why would you want to get rid of something? You know, he's not allegedly real. He is real. But they want to, uh, it's a, it's a gro- the historical figure. Yes. Yeah, it's a historical yes. figure that's yeah. still right there. Um, it's, it's, it's not a bit, it's a real thing. And it started on TikTok, but it, it's a, it's a growing movement that these Gen Z parents who apparently are just maybe upset about their own child, or maybe the, uh, people are doing things now, especially the younger generations where they feel that they have to outwardly do that so they can be validated by everybody else. So their argument is that they are not teaching their kids about Santa Claus because it's going to be too traumatizing. Now, that's a direct quote from, I'm talking a lot of people out there. There's like the psychologists, people writing books about this and like why it's good to do this to your children because we have to protect the children. Because apparently when they find out that Santa, you know, whatever Santa is, they are uh, going to be traumatized and they can't handle it. And this is, my friends, why we are screwed as a society and doomed. Because if you're going to pander to children that much, there is no competitive advantage whatsoever. We should just forfeit right now. Well, it's not, it's not, in like, it's it's, not it's, even it's, pandering to children. It's, it's, it's psychotic. You, you also have to teach your kids about disappointment. I mean, there comes yeah, a time where well, you have to just say, look, I mean, I'm sorry, you know, little Timmy. Life you, isn't fair. You got played <laughs> yeah. by your parents in this case. Yeah. Like, How, Sorry that this happened to you, yeah. but... Learn to deal with disappointment. I mean, you can't. Uh, we can't. You cannot the avoid children. that, yeah. even as a child. But like, I'm thinking, like, I think 90 percent of kids learn about that at school. You don't right. learn about that at home. You come home and you ask your parents about what you heard. Right. That's well, what. Like well, that. That look, my daughter is seven. Try to keep it going as much my as daughter you can. is seven, and the jig is already up. Like she knows deep Did down you tell what's her? going on. Well, she hears about it at school. She hears about it from her older cousins. You did it, didn't you? And so she doesn't know. Like we, we're like, hey, <laughs> let's keep it going for the little one. you know. But, and yeah. she's fine with that. But, but deep down, she already knows. Here's the thing that's not traumatizing. I'm not, the, un, the unspeakable, the, the unspoken, she knows about the unspoken. You were cool if you were in on the, in on the deal in school. It's like knowing you, wrestling was fake. You found out <laughs> yes. that it, you know, what was really going on. It wasn't traumatizing it made you legitimate. Like Stronger. It, yeah. It's yes. like, yo, he's, he's in the know. Less susceptible to getting conned as yes. you become an adult. Yeah. Like, these are life I, uh, lessons you must face. But not even strong. Like, you you were, oh, I've got information. Like my older brother hooked yeah. it up. I, I know something you don't know like, with the conspiracy theories that are out there. I've confirmed one of yeah. them. I Yeah. I also love the fact that, like, and these parents and these psychologists are talking about it. I quote a lot of them in the uh, in the Outkick piece um, it, because it, it's going beyond that. It's it's oh, we have to protect the children, and you know, parts, uh, everyone gets a participation trophy and a ribbon, and and it, I mean, re- you're doomed because you know, no more. It's uh, you know, my, when I was growing up, it's like, and I'm not obviously old, I'm like thirty, like whatever. But you know, it was if something didn't go my way, my parents would be like, because I told you so, or that's the way it is. Right now, they're not. Bestilling that on the uh, for the younger generations out there, and they are going when they find out that you know the world isn't utopian, everything's fine, everything's you no know, daisies out there. They're going to be it's it, it's going to be a disaster. Like you, and on top of that, to go off of what you said, because I mentioned this in the piece as well. My argument is, 
So because you want it to be, oh, yeah, I didn't teach my kid about Santa Claus. Like, and, you know, you're telling your group chat or whatever, you know, a bunch of Karens in a group chat together with chads and stuff. Uh, like, you're like, oh, like I, guess what? I'm not going to tell my kid about Santa Claus. Like, great. Well, guess what? Your kid is now going to be the one at school. Right. Everyone else is doing a list and stuff. And he's going to feel like an outcast. And now he's going to be in therapy in a couple of years because he's like, what's yeah, wrong I, with me? Well, because of my psychotic, but lunatic mother. You've got 25 other kindergartners who are like, who is this loon yeah. who's saying that Santa so is? I think, yeah. I think too many, and I am a parent of two daughters, and I think too many parents default to always defending their own child and not looking at it and saying, all right, where can I discipline and or yep. teach my child mm -hmm. if they've done something wrong? I'll give you an example. Growing up, if I ever had a problem with uh, a coach that I played for, he's not playing me enough, or he said I was going to play in this game and he pulled me out too quick. This has gone through high school. I would confide in my parents and tell them about this, and my mom's response would be, maybe you should practice harder. Right. What did you do wrong in the game? What did you do wrong in practice? Maybe there's a reason this other player's playing over you. And I would always think, why can't you just take my side one time instead of the coach? And I look back now and I think, thank God for you my mom. You appreciate it now, yeah. Thank God for my mom not always yeah. just caving yeah. in to whatever I was saying and whatever I was doing and taking my side at all times. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. And and they're either the parents are either doing it for themselves or I, I feel like they're trying to just justify their own insecurities by coddling and like, you know, protecting their children, but they're really doing a, a disservice and a and a long time harm to them because um, like you just said, if it, the world isn't fair, you need that competitive advantage. And it, it, they're going to be shocked when they're going to be shocked. And, and then what you're seeing now is, and how many times do we see this? I think, I think Clay might've done this. Then he yelled at one of them where they're now oh, they got, going after the coaches. He got thrown coaches. out of a game for they're dropping F-bombs to the umpire. Yeah, the coaches and the referee are. So he didn't take it enough to where it's oh, like. Oh, Mike, I, yeah. had a co I coach, I uh, helped coach my daughter's they're basketball team. They're coming after team. you now, right? No, the no, 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 get this. I had a mom coaching the other team <laughs> because one of the first and second grade girls dared to travel with the ball which every player on her team does too. And I never get mad at the high school kids refing the game because it's an understanding that both teams are going to travel. They'll call it sometimes and not the other. Yeah. Stop the game by walking on the court displaying what our player was doing, asking for a travel. I'm not talking about two feet onto the court. Walked into the play where the refs had to stop the game and do this. This was Saturday. Oh, this, this was recent. This was Saturday. <laughs> this happened. She probably also was one of the Santa Claus TikTokers. Uh, this lady, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> you know, the biggest hoax is uh, probably those complaining about this with Santa. They're actually the the, the ruse is that the, the ruse is they're actually uh, pretending to be happy with uh, mom and dad. They're faking that and wait oh, until yeah. the kid finds that out yeah. uh, or, because or, they're yeah. not into Santa. Yeah, it, it, it's also like that, like. Not only is are the rest of the parents going to be upset because eventually yeah. the kid is going to tell the rest of them and be like, "Well, he's not even real. He's going to have. He's like, why aren't I allowed to do my Christmas list?" And then he's going to just snap. The second graders <laughs> are going to snap, and so all the other kids are going to go home and tell their parents, "Well, look, Johnny said he's not even real." And now you're just going to get the parents are going to hate you. Nobody's going to like your kid, and uh, he's going to be in therapy the rest of his life. Don't be that parent. Don't be just that parent. Debap and don't be that parent. Just be cool. DBTP. I just new started a new shirt. Print the shirts. That's Let's right. go. Since Clay won't settle up his fantasy football bets, I will now force him to put the DBTP, don't be that parent shirt, on the market from Outkick. Guns, good to see you, Appreciate man. Appreciate it. Love Enjoy Nashville. I love Nashville. They have a great spot. For any of the viewers out there, listeners out there, make sure to come on down. It is a stacked place right here. It is a party Sixth outside. And Peabody. Literally right through these glasses are just 
party going on. So definitely come on by. It's, a, it's an awesome stuff. You guys absolutely crush it. Love 360 and uh, proud to be part of the team. Let's hey, go. Appreciate yeah, you, let's, man. Uh, come down anytime. Anytime you're in town, we want to get you on the show. This is great. Love that. Rock and roll. Good luck in fantasy. Yeah, uh, thank you. Same, same to you. It uh, doesn't matter. You can text me and let me know how it is. <laughs> thank uh, you, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> When's the last time you logged in? Has, uh, three, three months ago. <laughs> Sunday at 11.58 yeah. a.m. Central time. Rock right before the kickoffs, probably. <laughs> Uh, coming up, we've got uh, some news with Mississippi State interim head coach and what they're going to do full-time and how they're going to approach the offseason now. Uh, details there, plus um, a player paid to stay at Western Kentucky. All that more straight ahead on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Big thanks to Mike Gunzelman for joining us from Outkick.com while he's in town here in Nashville from 6th and Peabody and across the Outkick network. Outkick 360 rolls on. Um, Chad, Mississippi State, they're doing what they should do, and the the logical choice here is Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, who's the interim coach for the bowl game. He has been named the full-time coach moving forward with the passing of Mike Leach. That makes the most sense. Give him a year, year plus, whatever, yeah. it, whatever it needs. It, like you were saying, like it just it stabilizes what is a very difficult situation. You don't want to rock the boat further than the death of your head coach already rocks it naturally. Yeah. So th- this is, I think, a very smart move by Mississippi State. Keep in mind, this decision is being made by the university president. They don't have an athletic director. They've yet to hire an athletic director since um, Cohen left for Auburn. So they need to hire an AD that will eventually make a decision, but this is absolutely the right thing to do. Keep your recruiting class intact as best you can. Keep continuity with the staff. Keep continuity with the current roster. Promote Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator, to full-time head coach. I wouldn't even call him interim coach. He's the head coach. Don't put a label on it like that. Just elevate him. Give him a raise. Let him have say over the program. And if it's just not working out after a year or two, then you can easily move in a different direction. But for now, for a program that has won with Mike Leach, just came off a win against their rival in Ole Miss, a big win for them, you keep things together and keep it rolling along. Chad, a a sign of the the current, the the modern era of college football, Austin Reed, the quarterback at Western Kentucky, uh, it, it seemed as though he's headed to Louisville with Jeff Brom. And he says no to Louisville because he receives an offer to stay in the group of five and stay at Western Kentucky University as their quarterback uh, because of name, image, likeness. And he's getting paid. He's got a, a deal to return instead of in return from the transfer portal back to Western. The transfer portal is not just a means to go somewhere else that may be better for you, may not. It's also a means for negotiation. You yeah, enter the I portal, mean, you peek your head up, you, you should, see what's out there. Every player should enter it. Then you come <laughs> back you to your school it. and say, hey, I'm not totally – you meet with your coach after the season. I'm not dead set on leaving, but let me go peek around and see what's out there. 
but maybe I'll come back. If you yeah. leave that Re- door slightly ajar, recruit me again. You could easily go look around and find out what the market is for you and get a little bit of money from your current spot. So that's what Austin Reed did. And he announced uh, on, on social, I'm excited to play my final two years at Western Kentucky. I, I, I think the assumption was, oh, Brahms there. You've got the opportunity to go and spin the football a bit with an offensive-minded coach and a certainly what he did well, at Purdue. it fits what he does, Yeah, too. yeah. And you've got you know Zappi, who left for the NFL. You can do that from Western, but you can certainly do that with Jeff Brom as your coach at Louisville, and he's certainly got the talent level to do it. It's a surprise. I mean, because this is, this is at a certain level where you're not necessarily – I mean, you're competing for the top bowl games within Conference USA. You're not competing for – uh, the 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 top bowl games or the top conferences for the chance to go to the college football playoff and beyond. Yeah, I mean, and you're, if you're happy, you're happy. That's cool. I th- mean, there's just, there's so much talk about percentages. This percentage of players across college football have entered the portal. There, you got over a thousand people in the portal. Look at how many quarterbacks are there. There's not an ideal spot for everyone that goes in right. based on what they want ultimately playing time they want. There's not the perfect location for everyone out there. So the next percentage we're going to discuss, the percentage of players who go into the portal, find life there not as great as they thought, and go back to the school they were previously at. And Austin Reed is an example of that. And he's also, I mean, he is a prime example of a guy who could certainly make a great case for himself. And he could do it at Western, but even more so in the Power power Five. five school. Uh, We're talking about a quarterback who, Chad, he's... 36 touchdowns, 10 picks last year. There's also plenty of cases we can go back and look at of guys who had great numbers at group of five that tried to go power five and didn't start when they got there. Yeah. And that's the other way that it could backfire. Yes. Maybe you're at the group of five and putting up those numbers for a reason because you're you're ultimately not talented enough to start over someone else in a bigger program. This felt like Jeff Brahms, Shador Sanders. Hey, the guy over there, that's your quarterback. He's coming back to Western. Headlines next, including... NFL injury reports for Thursday Night Football.